us. Yee! And um, in this series, we're thinking about getting to know God. And I, I don't know about you, but um, as I go on in my Christian life, every kind of step, I realise that what I knew about God wasn't quite right. It's sort of like a discovery, isn't it? And I suppose that's the point of getting to know someone. If you're in relationship with someone for a long time, there's still those moments when you go, oh, I never knew that about you. I, I tell Rob I like to keep things back to surprise him. <laughs> um, and he does tell me everything, but I just forget. And I think those two things are very, that's probably quite symbolic of our walk with God, isn't it? We just forget or he surprises us. So we're thinking, getting to know God. Now, I love Doctor Who, so I thought, let's start with a bit of Doctor Who. So sorry if you don't. Here it comes. Might need the lights. Um, hello, I've come to see Clive. We've been emailing. Oh, Dad! It's one of your nutters! Oh, sorry. Hello. You must be uh, Rose. I'm Clive, obviously. <laughs> I bet Terry now my boyfriend's waiting in the car. She's going to kill me. Oh, no, good point. No murders. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who is it? Oh, it's uh, something to do with the doctor. She's been reading the website. Please come through. I'm in the shed. A lot of this stuff's quite sensitive. I I couldn't just send it to you. People might intercept, if you know what I mean. If you dig deep enough, you keep a lively mind. This doctor keeps cropping up all over the place. Political diaries, conspiracy theories, even ghost stories. No first name, no last name, just the doctor. Always the doctor. And the title seems to be passed down from father to son. It appears to be an inheritance. That's your doctor there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I I tracked it down to the Washington Public Archive just last year. Uh, The online photo's enhanced, but uh, if we look at the original... November the 22nd, 1963. The assassination of President Kennedy. See? It's his father. Going further back, uh, April 1912. This is a photograph of the Daniels family of Southampton and friend. This was taken the day before they were due to sail for the New World on the Titanic. For some unknown reason, they cancelled the trip and survived. Uh, And here we are. Uh, 1883. Another doctor. Look, the same lineage. It's identical. This one washed up on the coast of Sumatra on the very night that Krakatoa exploded. The Doctor is a legend woven throughout history. When disaster comes, he's there. He brings the storm in his wake. And he has one constant companion. Who's that? Death. I'd like to say there's no link. No. 
Um, so here we have, this is episode one, season one, for those that like to carry on. And it is available currently on a popular streaming service, which I'm not allowed to mention. If you'd like to see the rest of that episode. So who is the Lord? Who, there they're asking, she's asking, who is the doctor? And he's saying, he appears through time. Who is he? He's mysterious. Well, here we're thinking, who is the Lord? And as we come onto the scene at the moment, we're in Exodus. And um, as John said previously, we've come through Genesis where individuals have come to know um, God. So we've had Abraham, we've had Isaac, we've had Jacob, then we've had Joseph going in. They're now grown into this massive people group, but 400 years have passed Now, I can't remember what I had for breakfast last week. So it's 400 years, and we have biblical silence. We don't know what was happening during that time. We don't know how they were were relating, if they even remembered anything. We've got quite a mysterious kind of who is this person. So we're starting today with um, a a passage where... um, God has appeared to Moses. He's done the burning bush thing, and he's returned to Egypt. So we're going to read that bit together. So if you could find Exodus in your books, so it'll be right at the beginning. And we want Exodus chapter 4. So that's page 60 for those that are looking. And we're going to read from verse 27. It's masses we're going to go through today, so we'll do it bit by bit. The Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. Then Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say, and also about all the signs he had commanded him to perform. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people, and they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. After Moses and Aaron went to, after, afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labour? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are now numerous. And you are stopping them from working. That same day, 
Pharaoh gave orders to the slave drivers and the overseers in charge of the people. And I'm just going to stop there. Okay. So, I want us to go back to... Is this going to work? It never works, does it? There we go. Who is the Lord that I should obey him? Now, probably loads of you will know this, but in case you don't, the Lord, the word there, is in capitals. And those are the Hebrew letters. Now, this is where we get the word Jehovah or Yahweh from. But they actually, I like to just think of them as the letters. And I'll tell you why, because otherwise I get confused with like something ancient that's got no relevance to me. And also, it makes us not really think. If we use the letters, it can confuse us a bit and put us in that place where we think, who is that? Who is that? Not who is someone we know, but who is that? Who is, as they say, yad Hey vav Hey. In the New Testament, the writer John records Jesus in front of the Pharisees. And they're pressing him again and again. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And he says, you should know who I am. And he finally silences them by saying, Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. And it's at this point that they pick up stones to stone him. Jesus here is not saying, I'm a prophet like Moses and I've come to tell you about the I am. He's not saying, I am has sent me, but he's saying, I am. You see, the yad he vav is translated as I am who I am or I will be who I will be. And sometimes it could just be shortened to Yah, which is I am. So Jesus is saying, they're saying, who are you, who are you? He says, I am. And that's why they get so incredibly cross with him. The I am. And here, Pharaoh says, who is? I've not heard of him. Who is he that I should obey or listen to him? Why should I take note of him and anything he says? But the thing to remember here is also that this is also new to the Hebrews. They haven't known him by this word before. We hear that Moses says to them who, who it is has sent. And in 4.30, no, is it 4.30? 4.30. It says, and when they heard that the Lord, that the I am was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. When they hear that he cares, that he's seen them, that he offers them hope, they immediately bow down and worship. But it also tells us 
that they have not known him by this before. They've only known him as El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty. And that's what God says, I am. They haven't known me by this before. They've only known me as El Shaddai. They may have heard about the God Almighty, El Shaddai or El who rescued Abraham, who helped him defeat kings. They might have heard about how he helped an aged man have children. They might have heard many stories, but they haven't seen him do very much for them. 400 years of waiting for El Shaddai, the God, Lord Almighty, to come. And he hasn't come. And here comes the I am. I'm not sure they knew exactly who he was. But I think at that moment they were willing. Like we are, when we hear that God loves us, he delights in us, he has good things for us. We're ready at that moment to say, yes, I believe and I want to follow you. But as we'll see a bit later, when things got hard... What did they then think? If you look at chapter 6, verse 3, it's where God says, God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob as God Almighty, El Shaddai. But by my name, the Lord, Yadhe I did not make myself known to them. Pharaoh and Israel are about to get a lesson, and us, in who he is. And we're always learning. Just look at um, the end of the chapter. In um, chapter 4, verse 31, it says, And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Well, you would, wouldn't you? But it isn't always instantaneous. Look at chapter 3, verse 7 to 8. I'm going to jump around a lot today. Sorry about this. It says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of the people. I have heard them crying. I am concerned. I have come down. But they haven't seen that yet. Life, in fact, has not got better, but worse. Look at chapter 5 and verse 6 to 16. In that section, Pharaoh sets the slave drivers over them even harder. They don't get straw. They have to make bricks still. They have to meet the quota. Life has got considerably worse and this can be sometimes how it feels when we first come to Jesus we're so excited he's done something he's promised us but life seems to sometimes have got worse it seems to have got perhaps complicated look at Moses's comments in chapter 5 verse 22 and 23. Oh, is that right? 
Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord? Why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on his people. And you have not rescued your people at all. Who can imagine it, can't you? It's like, I chose to follow you. I've done what you said. We are in that. We are along for the ride. We've committed to you. We bowed down. We worshipped. You've done nothing. Interesting, isn't it? Why, why, why? And I can certainly relate to that. The whys are very much part of our journey. Why has this not happened? Why is that happening? This is okay. God invites us in with our whys. And he's not annihilated Moses immediately for asking why. In fact, God enters into a dialogue with Moses. He's happy. He's okay with that. The leaders of the Israelites immediately, after bowing down and worshipping and saying, yay, when things get worse, well, what do they do? Look at 5, verse 20. When they left Pharaoh and they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them, and they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. My life they are cross. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh. It's like I can't believe I fell for your talk about how great God was. Look at my life now. We can feel like that sometimes. Pharaoh and his officials have put a sword in their hand to kill us. May, they, may he judge you. Who is this Yadhe Vavhe? My life. You look at our state of us now. It's kind of like that awful moment when you told someone, God's amazing. He's got great plans for you. Let me pray for you. You prayed for them. A week later, you go back. It got worse. Oh, no. What on earth is happening? What does God say in reply? Right, this is your work now. I've talked enough. So chapter 6, if you have a Bible. Verse 2 to verse 8. Have a little look. You can do it with the person next to you on your own. It's page 62. What does God say? Find five statements that Yadhe says he has done. And six statements that say what he will do. Have a little look. I'll give you a few minutes. You can talk if you like. Doesn't work, does it? Okay, for those that have found them, you can give yourself a silver star. I am the Lord. I appeared. I established my covenant. I have heard the groaning. I have remembered. He doesn't kind of answer anything. Have you ever felt that with God? Why is this happening? He doesn't say, well, let me sit you down a moment. No, he says, I am the Lord. I have appeared. I have established my cousin. He tells him exactly what he's told him already. And I will. This, this doesn't work. <laughs> I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will take you. I will be your God. I will bring you to the land. 
It's difficult, isn't it? When you're in that moment, you're thinking, this is not working. Why have things got worse? I was doing okay before. Why? And God says, you just need to know I am on it, I've got it, and I'll do it. He doesn't really give us much explanation. It's hard though, isn't it? What does it say? Verse 9. Let me find it. I've got to find which chapter it is. Chapter 6. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. 400 years of waiting. He said, this Yadhe is coming. He's going to do it. He is the God of our ancestors. He's the one we've been waiting for. Stuff's got worse. So we're not listening to you anymore. <coughs> Shortness. That's the word here. Discouragement. Shortness. Because of their shortness. Now I find this fascinating because it's implying they were impatient. They've been waiting 400 years. (laughs) Can you imagine what it's like for us when we think, God, I just want you to do this and it's got worse. And we're discouraged and impatient because of their shortness. They didn't listen. And I know that for me because of my impatience, because of my waiting, it's really hard to trust the promises of God that it is going to be okay. Can anyone relate to that? Oh, there are a few nods. Good. That's good to know. I love a nod. (laughs) I hate waiting. And it's at that moment when you think, do you know... Maybe it's easier without God. I might take control back at this point. There's a temptation there. But you know, God is saying, I will do it. I've got it. I've got this. I can handle it. Trust me in this. I um, often don't just... don't just say why about my own life. I don't know about you, but I say why about other people's lives. Like... Why, God? Or globally, why? We are full of whys. And that is okay. I think it's okay to take that to God. I heard um, a speaker once, which I, I found... I find it kind of distressing and encouraging. And, and I don't know if you can relate to her, but she was saying, you know, we, we probably can relate in a very small way. She's like, you know big speaker but she said that she'd seen so much of God she'd seen him powerfully raise the dead you know heal the death she'd seen the lame walk she'd seen miracle after miracle after miracle but she'd also lost count of the number of children that she'd held in her arms and watched die Now, that is a big why, you know. 
those two tensions that we hold together, that we know the goodness of God. We've seen it, we've heard it, we've experienced it, we've read it. But we also know there's a lot of whys in there too. As we wait for him, as we sang earlier, to come and put things right. So, in the tension of the now and not yet, we ask ourselves, who is the Lord that I should listen? Who is Yadhe Vavhe that I should listen? Who is Jesus that I not only should listen, but carry on listening? In the New Testament, the word to believe, remember, is an ing word for those who need it simple like me. It's believing to carry on. It's active. You keep going. And I believe that God is saying today, I will, I have, and I am. Whatever our situation is, whatever we're thinking about for ourselves or others or globally, I will, I have, I am. And he wants us to stay with him. Jesus says, I've won. I've defeated it all. Death is gone. I took your brokenness on the cross and I gave you mine. You know, that everlasting covenant as he breaks the bread and he says, this is my body broken for you. And every time we eat of it, we enter back into that covenant with him to say, you have my brokenness. I'm taking yours. I'm going to trust you that you will, you have, and you are. Life can be hard, and there's lots of questions and requests in that gap between the now and the not yet. Where is God? Who is God? Why doesn't he answer? But I think in this series, God wants to invite us all to take a fresh journey with him of discovery. Maybe to remember who he is. Maybe to learn something new. Maybe to look into aspects of him we don't want to because it's uncomfortable. Because he's not a granddad in the sky with a white beard in Exodus. But he's the I am. He's the I will be who I will be. You can't put me in a box. You can't squash me. You can't contain me. You can't make me fit into your cultural relevance or practices. I am who I am. And I think he's inviting us to look again at him. Um, C.S. Lewis picks pictures it like this when he says that we should go further up and further in and I think that's great it's that idea of discovering of pushing into him but that doesn't come easily that comes through asking the whys through looking at passages we don't want to look at through inviting Yadhe Vavhe to say I am who I am And perhaps you can fear what you might find, but I doubt it. So let's pray together now 
to commit to that journey to know him more, whatever that looks like. Let's pray. Lord, you know our hearts. You know where we've hardened them. Please soften them today. Where we've closed our ears or eyes to you, open them. God, you are our God. Sometimes we don't understand, sometimes we don't like it, but we want to know you. Help us to stick with you in the questions in the difficulties, in the waiting, even in our rage. We want to know you. In Jesus' name, amen.